0: Quick hitter today Uh, we got tomorrow we got the championship games in the NFL but wanting to get into a couple items obviously if you have not heard the news it looks as though from multiple sources that Tom Brady is retiring from the NFL after 22 years you know I I know folks hate the Pats and they do and they hate Brady for a multitude of reasons but you got to respect it from this pure content alone. Just how good Brady was in terms of producing headlines and storylines of uh, you hate the pads. You got uh, so many controversies surrounding what they're doing. They o- They're always finding ways to win. Brady's coming, uh, making comebacks. You have to give the man his props no matter how much you hate him. So he will be missed if this is truly the end of the road for Brady. Uh, I could say that for sure because, you know, so many episodes I've covered involve talking about Brady in the playoffs and scenarios and what you got to do. And uh, obviously, uh, me being a Giants fan, uh, you know, we we always look through with glee beating the Pats and Brady, which is why Eli Manning's going to the Hall of Fame, of course. But, you know, all in all, just have to say the fact that uh, it's coming to an end. It, it you, You're not surprised, but at the same time, you have to acknowledge that it is an end of an era in the NFL where you've got an entirely new generation. It, you know, it, Brady was the last of the old guard uh, uh, because it, Brady it, it's 22 years. <laughs> you look back at some of the games Brady's been in and it's an entire generation of NFL players that grew up watching Tom Brady. And then they ended up playing against him. It's it's wild. But, you know, when you have a, a length of a career that long, you have to give respect to the man and, and his work ethic. So I give Brady my props. It, you know, it's not as though I make it any secret that uh, I... I find Brady entertaining enough. It's great content. So I respect, and I will actually have to say, I will miss having Tom Brady around on NFL Sundays moving forward. It's a, it's going to be an adjustment. I'm not going to lie. I'm, you know, I know new England is crying about it because, you know, a bunch of bandwagon Pats fans became Tampa Bay Bucks fans when Brady left. But at the end of the day, I know folks are going to look at it as he won, but this is the whole argument of Bill versus Tom that we all knew would come to a head at a a certain point. Tom would end up having to retire and it, you know, Belichick does not look like he's even remotely prepared to retire as as much as the uh, Pats got thumped by the bills. It's still workable with what the Pats have uh, to try to get that team better. So. Again, Brady got his ring with uh, the Bucks last year in a Super Bowl run where he had a lot of question marks and questionable decision. But he outlasted uh, the Saints. He he got he got his win against the Packers, who again came up short yet again. It should have been a precursor, but you know it is what it is. You've got again a case where it's. It's wild to say this, but it's the truth. It's the honest truth the Brady, you know, you have to give the man his props. You know, you may not want to say he's, uh, you may not want to say that, uh, he's, uh, the goat, uh, for football, but you know, he's in the conversation at the very least. Yeah. His name is in there. Whether you like him or not, you have to give the man his prop. So, uh, Hell of a career uh, for Brady, uh, with all the passing accolades he racked up, and most importantly, the Super Bowl wins. You can't, you can't, you can't knock that. You cannot knock that. What he's been able to build uh, in terms of uh, uh, groups of guys that will go to bat for him, no matter what. Brady earned that respect, and you know he brought it. He absolutely brought it. You know, I don't have question marks with Tom Brady when he loses. You know, more often than not, it's because the other team found a way to uh, play better and uh, just execute, but it's not because Brady didn't bring it to the table. Even if he's having an off day, you know, the competitor in him will not let him back down. And, you know, that's, a, that's the thing you gotta admire the most about it. It's, it's not so much as to whether or not he's uh, he's winning or not. It's the fact of how great of a competitor he is so I'm gonna get at, uh, get out with that uh, you know we'll talk about a couple other items and this news story that popped up because I mean we knew it was gonna be massive getting mobile betting in New York but you know I hope people have contextualized how crazy this is since mobile betting has started up, In New York State, it launched on January 8th through January 23rd. That's 16 days, people. The total amount of bets wagered dollar-wise. Total bets wagered dollar-wise. I just want you guys to sit down and truly digest the, the information I'm giving to you. 16 days the total amount of money wagered in new york state alone on mobile betting is 1.2 billion dollars 1.2 billion in 16 days 16 days not 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 the month 16 days We won't get the full numbers, uh, obviously for a couple more days, but the only states that come close to a billion normally New Jersey, which has its own mobile betting, and Vegas. So Nevada, that's it. 16 days. New York is on pace. To eclipse New Jersey in less than, I'll be honest, I I think New York will probably, and I mean, the betting places still haven't even gotten off the floor yet. We still still had uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetRivers, and Caesars. Those were the first four. BetMGM and PointsBet just got launched within the past week. It's like there's so many places. I'm seeing so many sports betting commercials. It's hard to keep it up, but now it's like I, I get, you got to look through all uh, the opportunities, to be honest. But let's be clear 16 days. We haven't even gotten through an actual full month yet because obviously January started uh, a little bit later, but we haven't even come close. Super Bowl is going to be here in two weeks, a little over two weeks. We haven't even gotten to the Super Bowl yet, and we've got over a billion uh, in dollars wagered in New York. The Super Bowl is coming up. This is what everyone thought was okay: we get the Super Bowl, and then you know we get uh, the sport mobile sportsbooks wagering, and like maybe you get a pop off event for the Super Bowl uh, to start things off, and then kind of settle in for now. Let's be clear. <laughs> the number has already been smashed in less than a month. They cross over a billion. I don't even want to gather what the number is going to look for the Super Bowl. Whew. It's crazy. Wouldn't Even my expectations, I, I couldn't have foreseen a billion in less than a month. Full month, yeah, it's possible with the Super Bowl. Like that was the thought process. Like, yeah, they could hit a billion with the Super Bowl. Sixteen days, we haven't even hit the Super Bowl yet, and they already crossed the billion in New York. Ugh. And the Knicks are terrible right now. <laughs> oh man, I mean, one point two billion, uh, crazy, absolutely crazy. But let, let's talk about the Knicks. We're going to talk about the Knicks briefly, and then I'll, I'll close it out with the Giants. But, uh, you know, this Julius Randle situation, you know, I, I'm i not a big I told you so kind of guy. I just try to lay out the facts for you folks as to what the issues I see and let you at least Come to your conclusion, whether or not you agree with me, but I just try to be honest. Last year, when the Knicks got knocked out by the Hawks of all teams, and the Hawks went on their run, but the fact of the matter is it just highlighted the the flaws of this Knicks team where they can put in as much effort as they want, but talent-wise... They were not close to being even remotely relevant in a true playoff chase scenario. Yeah, you can make the playoffs, but talent wise, you aren't there. So, what did the Knicks do in the offseason? I told them they needed to blow up that roster because I didn't see enough from RJ Barrett to justify a long term future with him. And Julius Randle was in a contract year. I hate giving players big money deals in a contract year when historically, their numbers have not warranted being in that class. Some guys are that dude. I do not consider Julius Randle to be even remotely that dude. I consider Julius Randle to be that dude behind the dude behind the dude that that's dude. <laughs> like that's that dude. If you get what I'm saying, like Julius Randle, if he's your third option on the team, you might have a shot. If he's your fourth option, Okay, now we're really cooking and you know, that that might be a true playoff contender. Julius Randle as the number 1 on the team, I, I can't take you seriously. And that's what I've been arguing with with Knicks fans for the better part of a year. Knicks fans insisted that Julius Randle developed under us and is that dude. And I hate to break it to you folks, he's not that dude. And The problem is, now that he got his big money deal, he's not really putting in even remotely close to the effort that he was the past few years, especially last year, in terms of hustling, defending, rebounding, boxing people out. He ain't putting in that work. He He is moping. It started... You know, it started well before the thumbs down gesture he gave to the fans when they were booing him. He didn't like it. He took it, he tried to take his ball and go home, gave the thumbs down gesture, went on the media silence break. The Knicks ate the fines for him not talking to the media, but he's taking no responsibility for his actions. He ain't bringing it. And even when he has a decent shooting game because he's just chucking. He's not put into work doing the little things to rebound, like the, all the little things he was doing last year when it, was, when it was a contract year. He ain't doing it this year when he already got his money. So I hate to say, tell the fans they've been bamboozled, but you got what you, you asked for. You asked for Julius Randle to be here long-term, and now this is what you got because this is who Julius Randle is. You know, a decent player. But he is not that dude. And everyone who is trying to build him up to be that, I'm sorry. You clearly did not understand the, the, the caliber of player you're working with. So, again, could Randall rebound and put in the work and the effort? Sure. But I'm not sure what the motivation is. Because people were saying he loves the, he loves the city, he loves the players, the team he was in a contract year. I don't know how many different ways I could say it. I do not see this ending. Well, I think part of the other reason why teams aren't re- weren't really chomping at the bit the ground because they knew who Julius Randle was. Now, I get why the Knicks did it because you know, the fans were clamoring for it. You're not going to get a signed trade deal for Julius Randle because most teams know who he is, you know, after you know uh getting dealt from uh, uh the lakers uh to new orleans you know so okay you know just there's not much else there like teams have seen him he's known he he ain't he ain't a spring chicken like he's been in the league enough years now that's what makes it disappointing that uh professionally he hasn't risen up to the challenge of when you're a leader and there are actual ramifications and expectations it ratches it ratches up the pressure and what you have to do you have to keep evolving and working harder he's still playing at the level of no expectations when people were thinking the Knicks were going to be straight trash and they were they had the chip on their shoulder chip chip is gone he got his money so What's the motivation? And that's what's turning into frustration. And he, you know, he took it out on the fans. Fans gave it right back to him. And they'll keep giving it to him until he starts playing up to that uh, level of performance. But I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. You know, I can try to sugarcoat it and say this is going to get better for the Knicks. But, you know, I thought the Knicks were a five or six seed realistically best case scenario if um everything panned out i wasn't banking on it but i i thought they would at least be a 560 or at least make the playoffs here's the problem with the knicks the east the talent level they started catching up uh the young players these teams have been drafting the clevelands of the world the washington's of the world who have been bad for so long and just keep getting options to draft people. The Magic too, all these teams are getting stronger. And they have talent. They have better talent than the Knicks. They have better talent. So, you know, you you can bring in a Kemba Walker. You can bring in Fournier, but realistically, I don't necessarily see that as a benefit. And. When I say the Magic and the Pistons, yes, those teams are bottom dreck of the East. But talent-wise, they're better than the Knicks. They just don't know how to play. But eventually, as we are seeing with uh, Cleveland, eventually it's going to click. And same thing that happened with the Raptors when they did their rebuild. Eventually, that's going to click. Hornets, same deal. Eventually, it's going to... When you get enough chances to draft players, like, you know, I always make fun of trust the process because it was just tanking, you know, under a different name. You hope that you land enough uh, high draft picks and get enough of them right that, yeah, eventually you'll luck box your way into a solid contender just through the draft. But that's what's happened. You've got a bunch of teams that have had high draft picks that are starting to play well now. And talent-wise, you don't match up. The Knicks do not match up talent-wise some of these other teams. I, I, I know everyone wants to, you know, throw praise on R.J. Barrett, but I'll be perfectly blunt with you guys. I've said this before. I'll say it again. R.J. Barrett does not have any significant... Uh, closing moves or finishing moves that he can get easy buckets to me. Yeah, he could shoot and when he's on, he's on and he works hard, but RJ Barrett is just Tim Hardaway jr. (laughs) Under a different name. I, I, I know people don't want to hear that. I know people don't want to hear it, but that's, that's who RJ Barrett is. He literally is Tim Hardaway jr. I I know people don't want to hear it. I know they don't want to hear it. And they'll put they'll say they'll say he's he's better than Tim Hardaway Jr., he scored more points. Uh you know, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. If you uh if RJ Barrett actually played with a better player and played with if he played with a Luka Doncic his usage rate would go down because you want the ball in a better player's hands. RJ Barrett is playing second fiddle to Julius Randall right now, folks. The the, the truth of the matter is, and, you know, t, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. got injured, but, you know, I, I want folks to remember when Tim Hardaway Jr. was, uh, putting up his numbers for the his time with the Knicks the second go around because you know we 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 dealt him to the hawks and then he came back in another deal he was averaging 18, 18 19 points a game just like you, rj bear and i i would just tell you guys you need to start looking through the actual number breakdown of field goal shooting percentage you can look through it like rj is a slightly more efficient shooter in terms of the actual percentages but if you actually look at the attempts it's not that different from tim hardaway jr folks and if you actually look at the game film of when he's trying to finish R.J. Barrett's game matches up very similar to Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, Knicks fans turn on players all the time. Everyone wants to talk up R.J., but if we're being honest with ourselves, it's not that different. It's really just not that different than Tim Hardaway Jr. So, again, I like the Cam Reddish trade because I think Reddish is a very good 3 and D player with playing time, when motivated, for whatever reason, that Atlanta group just splintered after the playoff run uh, last year, and is asked asked out uh, for a trade, you know, people want to talk up Zion, we'll get to Zion eventually, but there were question marks uh, on the Zion side of things, because I can't... If this is all a work to get himself traded, it's a hell of a hell of a way to do it because, I, it's a very bizarre way of going about it, very bizarre. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about Zion another time because I know people are trying to entice the idea of a big three situation in New York. Uh, they're not good enough to be a big three. I'm just being honest with you, like RJ. I told you. I uh, if Julius Randle is the fourth option on a championship team, R.J. Barrett's probably in that same category. He's probably the fourth best option you want. You don't want him as, it, it, it may, maybe 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 a third, maybe. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not entirely sold. R.J.'s game actually translates into playoffs. That's why he got clapped by the Hawks. Straight up. He got clapped and there's nothing that he's actually put together on film this year. That gives me any confidence that that's really going to change significantly moving forward. So wish I could be more encouraged about the Knicks. I'm just not definitely not there. Anyway, uh, Giants news. Uh, Brian Dable has been hired as the new head coach of the Giants. Uh, you know, you had shown higher. So the likelihood was Dable getting the job. I was curious about Dable taking the Giants job because Mara has basically forced the GM and the head coach to say, we're committing to Daniel Jones instead of letting them do their own independent evaluation. I'm very curious to see what Dable actually does, because to me, the only way to make Daniel Jones work is making him a scrambling QB. And the guy has durability issues that make him that make uh, using him in a more versatile fashion incredibly risky. Incredibly risky. So, to be perfectly honest, I'm very curious to see what the Giants do because they got a horrible cap situation, got question marks at the QB position, and many skill positions. On the offense, even though you have talent, they're not properly being used because there was such a terrible focus in other areas than addressing the immediate concerns on the offensive line that it just completely kneecapped the uh, the entire team. So, yes, could it be true with John Mayer saying that they've done everything possible to screw up uh, Daniel Jones? Yes, it's entirely possible, but it's it's not exclusive to say. Daniel Jones is still going to end up being a bust for where he was drafted. You're a top 10 QB pick and your upside. I said this before his upside, in my opinion was always Ryan Tannehill. And even if you hear me, I, I will still reiterate how much I have question marks at times about Ryan Tannehill's true ceiling. It's just, Not there. It's like, it's just not there. Uh, You know, maybe he can be, uh, like I said, Jones can learn to be more efficient, play action, get him scrambling more. But realistically, he ain't even at Tannehill level. The the issue I have with Daniel Jones is he may be a Matt Castle where he can have pop-off games, but more often than not, you're looking at him saying, Man, I really wish we had an upgrade at the QB spot. Because, truth be told, it looks very much like it's a uh, ho-hum draft pick that you have positioned as the face of the franchise. But, it is what it is. We all have plenty of time to go in-depth on the Giants. But, wanted to get uh, some thoughts on... uh, New York sports at the moment just because I keep hearing it and folks are just missing the point uh oh before I go get out of here we'll talk about it in detail tomorrow but uh, just a couple of things to note for uh for props in terms of uh the uh, uh the game tomorrow I am very much in favor of Looking at uh, some of these spreads because you know I I I'm looking the the spread for the Bengals is too high. I know the Chiefs are at our head, but like plus seven's too high. Uh, we we'll talk about it tomorrow, but this is definitely a T spot. And then in terms of the parlays, I think uh, you know seeing Joe Burrow over one and a half touchdowns. It's a lock uh, to me. Total passing touchdowns uh, over one and a half is minus 190. Love love that prop bet. And you're going to see completions at uh, over 24 and a half for Burrow. I I think Burrow being over 24 pass attempts is very likely, as well as the passing attempts. I think Burrow's going to end up throwing 40 plus times. Uh, in a shootout with the Chiefs. I I think that uh, leaning over, and that's not to say Joe Mixon's not going to be relevant in the game. Uh, Joe Mixon's going to get word. I just think that from a prop perspective, you're going to see uh, props for Jamar Chase. uh, I think the line was at over uh, 28 yards uh, for his longest reception. Jamar Chase is going to pop one tomorrow. At some point, he's going to have a big completion. I can't see the Chiefs, you know, Diggs and Allen, I have been trying to make work for the entire year. I went down on my sword again trying to make it work. Just did not work. It is like I got crushed every time I try to force in Stefan Diggs, and it's a mistake I made. It's like I've known how many times I have failed with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen pairing them together. And I still did it on my main build, and it cost me dearly, even though I got the Gabe Davis call right. But the one thing I'm not going to deviate from is knowing that Joe Burrow, even if Jamar Chase is covered, he's going to force that ball into him. And he's going to force in a deep ball, too. So at a certain point, Joe Burrow is definitely going to take deep shots on this Chiefs defense. Whether or not Jamar Chase is wide open or not, doesn't matter. He's going to throw it and Put it in a spot where he thinks Jamar Chase can win a one on one battle. And guess what? Jamar Chase can win a one on one battle against uh, these Chiefs DBs. So, uh, definitely uh, very much in favor of some of these uh, props, uh, especially on the passing side for the Bengals. So, uh, check it uh, Check out. Uh, the reception yardage prop for Jamar Chase, uh, over 28 half yards. Joe Burrow, total touchdown passes, over one and a half. Was that minus 190? Take it there. And then you've got even the kicker. So a uh, total made field goals for Evan McPherson on the Bengals is over one and a half. Here's the reason why I think it's relevant to be betting it. The Bengals give up so many sacks. I mean, you saw it last week where they gave up nine sacks to the Tennessee. Uh, the Chiefs will, get, uh, will blitz on the Bengals, and they'll get home. When they get home, especially in the red zone, It's going to knock him out of uh, going for it, so they're going to have to kick the field goal. I I think uh, going over one and a half field goals for McPherson makes a ton of sense, in my opinion. So those were a couple of the prop bets. Uh, I will take the under on rushing yards for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Just being perfectly honest, Edwards-Hilaire only got the work in later spots, when they were trying to do something a little bit different rather than keep running McKinnon. So they were trying to keep McKinnon fresh, but McKinnon was getting the bulk of the work. It's just that I don't think they're uh, trying to run McKinnon into the ground by just giving him the full work share load. But I expect Jarek McKinnon to get 65 to 70% of uh, rushing snaps versus Edwards Hilaire. I think Hilaire will have a series or two, but the bulk of the work is going to still stay concentrated with, uh, Jerick McKinnon. So I will bet the under 37 and a half rushing yards for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. If he breaks one, he breaks one, but I, I'm not sold on Edwards Hilaire, uh, getting, uh, the yardage even close uh, to that. So I'll take, uh, a prop, uh, on that, uh, uh, bet on that prop uh, in order. I I just don't see Edward Teller being relevant to, in the game, uh, so he'll be one of my fades uh, for sure uh, across the platforms. Uh, uh, once I get my lineup set, but yeah, we'll go into the games in detail tomorrow. But uh, you know, just wanted to get a couple of thoughts out there with the Brady news and some of the news we've been hearing uh, with New York gambling and talk about the sports teams a bit. So. I'm going to get on out of here, but, uh, we will definitely be covering these games, uh, in detail tomorrow. So stay tuned folks and have a good one. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like, and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and all other major outlets.